Speaking of being grateful, who's grateful for this awesome uh, choir we have, this, this worship band? I know Kevin, Kevin reached over and said to me that he was grateful to stand by me and hear my voice as well. Well, it's great to be out this morning. It's great to be here to, to worship our Lord and our Savior. Um, no matter the day, no matter the weather, right? Uh, our, our calling is to be here to worship the Lord together. And as Chris said last week, we're going to be uh, starting out this campaign. Um, this capital campaign that we really believe uh, is what God is calling us to and what God is, is pushing us towards to be able to, to better equip and encourage people for Jesus and to be able to, to have all these different ministries that we want to do and we feel like God wants us to do out in this community and not only in this community but around the world. Uh, you know, we're trying to reach around the world with this message, uh, this gospel message of Jesus Christ and we believe that God is calling us to that. I remember when we first started discussing this uh, campaign and uh, first started talking about it and debating about it, uh, it seemed so far off, the journey seemed so far off uh, when we were in those initial phases and now, uh, man, it's picked up speed and it's moving. It's moving really fast and it's right here on us um, and we're coming to see some of the fruit uh, of all that back labor that so many people did. Uh, in this campaign, and we're so thankful for it, and we truly believe this is what, what God has called us to, so uh, we're pushing forward with it. And our first topic is, is gratitude, uh, because really, um, for us, it's, that is the basis of everything that we should be doing for Christ, right? Some people try to motivate out of fear, some try to motivate out of all these different reasons, but the greatest motivator that we have is gratitude. Gratitude is, the, and there's study after study that you can go look at that will tell you that is the greatest motivator, is gratitude. Gratitude is what motivates us to live this Christian life and to do what God is calling us to do. We have so many things to be grateful for, don't we? Like this beautiful weather we have out here today, right? Who's grateful for that? To be honest, even in the midst of this weather, I was talking to the spikers back there that drove in and seen a beautiful rainbow in the midst of this, 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 this weather we're having. Um, but again, we just feel like this is the, the initial kickoff, this is the basis of what everything should be centered around, is that we are grounded in our gratitude to Jesus. And that's how we want to live out our life and express out all that we do. Let's go ahead and we're going to go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we come to you this morning, Lord, and God, we're so thankful that uh, we have a warm place that we could be here to worship you, Jesus. Uh, and Father, we're thankful for everyone that showed up, God, and all those listening that, that want to give you the praise and glory that you're so worthy of. And Father, we just pray that anything that would hinder that this morning, that we would leave it outside the door, God, that our hearts and minds be here focused on you. Jesus, you alone are worthy. You are the reason that we're here. So Father, we just pray that you would accept our worship, that it would be pleasing to you. Father, that you would bless, bless your word as it goes forth, because that is where all the power is, not in the truth, but in your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Right, have you ever noticed, I was uh, I was over at uh, Landon and Terry Tackett's house last night, and it kind of got me thinking, but have you noticed that uh, we have a hard time being grateful for things, don't we? We have a hard time saying thank you or 
being grateful. Even from the time that, that you're a baby, being grateful doesn't come easy. I was over there, and they have a little baby, and the little baby gets wet. It's going to irritate you until you satisfy what it needs. You see, so you change the cycles. When it's hungry, it's going to cry until you feed it. That baby is. Now, after you do that, it doesn't say, oh, thank you, Father, and thank you, Mother, for satisfying all my needs. No. It, it turns back and goes back to sleep, doesn't it? It's not grateful at all because it believes that you should take care of their needs. That child wants you to take care of all their needs. And even as kids, we start out ungrateful. We grow up ungrateful. We don't do a good job of training our children to be grateful. Uh, you can take the, the a toy into that nursery at late service or, where, or around your kids. You can take a toy and you can hold that up. Do they come up and say, oh, thank you, Father and Mother, for giving me this great gift? No, they run up and grab it and say, mine. <laughs> right? Because they feel like they, they deserve that. They expect that from me. And as teenagers, it's no different. Teenagers, I truly believe, they think mom and dad exist just to satisfy every need that they want, or everything they want. That's why they think mom and dad exist. And even as adults, we have a difficult time saying thank you and being grateful because we haven't been trained up and been grounded in gratitude. And most of the time, I believe it's because we're so consumed with ourselves, thinking that we deserve to have it all, right? We deserve everything. We deserve to have it all. And if we don't get it, it's someone else's fault, isn't it? That's what we've been taught. And really, I think it boils down to, again, we're just in love and we're consumed with ourselves. Think about this, and I know we have a great photographer in here, but think about this. You go to this photography, this great photographer, and they do all these awesome family photos and all these great things they do, and you get those pictures back. Now, I want you to be honest. When you get those pictures back, who's the first person you look at? You look at yourself, don't you? Do I look good? Because if I look good, this picture is good, right? And if I don't look good, it's the photographer's fault. They got a hard job when they got me, I'm telling you. But that's really the way that it is. If we don't look good, we think it's all bad. I know Nicole and I will take 20 selfies before we post one. Because we got to have it just right. Most of the time, it's to try to hide my double chin. Trying to get the angle right so it doesn't chill. I had Jason and Melissa uh, airbrush it out for me. But we're consumed with ourselves, and we're not grateful for anything. Because we feel like we deserve it all. And today, I want to look at a little Bible. So we're going to go to a Bible passage that, that really talks about not forgetting who you are, not forgetting where all the good comes from and being grateful for those things because we want to be grounded in gratitude as we start out on this campaign uh, because we really is, we need to learn to be grateful. We have a lot to be grateful in and everybody, everybody sitting in here has a lot to be grateful for. We may not think it, but we have a lot to be grateful for. We're going to start out here in Luke chapter 17. It says, while he was on, on the way to Jerusalem, he was passing between Samaria and Galilee. And as he entered a village, ten leprous men, who stood at a distance, met him. And they raised their voices, saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. So Jesus is on his way to Jerusalem, and he's approached by these lepers. And it says that they were standing at a distance. Why do you think they were standing at a distance? Right, right? They couldn't come close to anybody. They were outcasts. They couldn't come close to anybody for fear of making them unclean. 
Just like Pastor Chris spoke about last week uh, with the woman with the issue of blood. They would have to stand back and suffer the shame of yelling out, unclean, unclean, so nobody would get close to them and defile themselves. And they stood at the distance and they cried out, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. Crying out, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. How many of us have been to that point in here? How many of us have been there so desperate in our situation, not knowing what to do or how to do it, that all that we can do is cry out, Jesus, have mercy on us. Jesus, have mercy in this situation. And how awesome is that to know that when we do this, that He's not a God that's far off. He's promised us that He is not a God that sits on His throne and just looks down far off from us. He is a God that wants to be in every part of our lives. And to know that we have a God that understands us and we have a God that has suffered and went through the same things that we have. Hebrews chapter 2 says that, that He became like us in every way like us in every way so that he could be a merciful and faithful high priest of us. That's what the Bible tells us about Jesus. It tells us that he felt pain. It tells us that he felt the ridicule that we feel sometimes. He felt the shame that we feel sometimes. He felt temptation and was tempted just like us, yet without sin. Jesus gets us. Jesus loves us. And Jesus is always there for us. So when we cry out in desperation, when we cry out and we're so desperate and we're so defeated that we don't even have the words to pray, when we don't even have the words to pray, the Bible says that the Lord intervenes and prays on our behalf. That's how much He loves us. Romans 8 says this, And the Holy Spirit helps us in our distress, for we don't even know what we should pray for, nor how we should pray, but the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. And the Father who knows all hearts knows what the Spirit is saying. For the Spirit pleads for us believers in harmony with God's will. That blows my mind. Does that blow your, That should blow your mind. That blows my mind that we have a God that when we're so tired and when we're so defeated, and all we can do is go... Have you ever been there? You go to God in prayer and you start out and it's, Dear Lord, and it's like... I mean, you just you don't know what to say. You don't know what to say. We have a God that comes in and the Spirit comes in and it takes our prayer, it takes our groaning, and it turns them into a prayer into God's will and takes them before the Lord. How awesome is that? And if that doesn't get you excited... And if that doesn't make you grateful and fill you with a heart of gratitude, we need to stop right now and let you call and make an appointment to your heart specialist because something's wrong. Gratitude. That should fill us with gratitude to know that you have a God that loves you that much. Now I want to look at the rest of this, uh, this uh, section here. We're going to go back uh, and we're going to pick up a couple more points on gratitude. Luke 17, we're going to read the whole story here. It says, while he was on his way to Jerusalem, he was passing by Samaria and Galilee. And as he entered a village, ten leprous men who stood at a distance met him. And they raised their voices, saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. 
he saw them, he said to them, Go and show yourselves to the priests. And as they were going, they were cleansed. Now one of them, when he saw that he had been healed, he turned back, glorifying God with a loud voice, and he fell on his face at his feet, giving thanks to him, and he was a Samaritan. Then Jesus answered and said, Were there not ten cleansed? But the nine, where are they? Was not one found who returned to give glory to God, except this foreigner? And Jesus said to him, Stand up and go. Your faith has made you well. So just a few points on gratitude here that I want to cover. There's a lot in this story, but I can only cover a few. I promise about 35 to 40 minutes. Uh, first one, or, or the other, next one I want to cover is, this story has, has been one of my favorites for a long time. There's so many lessons uh, in this story, but it's also convicting to me. It's a convicting story to me because as much as I try to deny it, as much as we all try to deny it, we've had times when we've been like tonight. We've had times when we've took the blessing of God and just walked away and went about our life. I'm not, those nine people probably, they're not terrible people. I'm sure they're not terrible people. But they, they're just like we get sometimes. We get so involved in our own life, so involved in what we're doing, that we don't even recognize again and celebrate and give gratitude for the blessings that God has given us. Only one out of ten did that. How many times have we taken God's blessings and really not fully grasp it? Not fully grasp what He's done for us in our life. Not really went back to really thank Him and have gratitude for Him for what He's done. I've seen so many people that They'll use God just like the spare tire, right? God, you go over here and you sit over here. And when I need you, I'm going to pull you out of the trunk when I get stranded. And then you can give me what I want, and then I'm going to put you back in the trunk. And then when I need you, I'll be back, right? So many times we treat God that way. We may not intentionally think we're doing it, but so many times we do that. Because we don't have a heart that's grounded in gratitude. Because we think... We deserve it sometimes, right? We deserve to be blessed. None of us deserve that. So many times that I should have been grateful and been praising Him, I got caught up in my own life and just simply took that blessing for granted and walked and went on down the road, not even looking back to the one who blessed me with. Not even giving that a second thought of what God has done for me. Psalm 103 says this, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless His holy name. Bless the Lord, all, uh, O my soul, and forget not, forget not all His benefits, who forgives all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from destruction, who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies. Forget not, when God blesses you. Don't take those things for granted. Start to have that heart of gratitude. The next thing I want to look about, about gratitude here and what this leper did, what I believe, is that he remembered his past. He remembered what God had just brought him from, and that brought him to gratitude. When he thought about, can you imagine this poor leper who is, he's finally cleansed, he's finally clean and can go back 
around his family. He can go back around his friends. No doubt as he was on his way, he took inventory of all of that. He took inventory of all the pain that he had went through. The isolation that he felt. All the things that he was put through in life because of this disease. No doubt he took inventory of all of that. Being neglected by his family and his friends. Being an outcast. Feeling rejected by God even. Because of this disease. And now he's here. No doubt he took all that into his mind. How many of us in here remember that feeling? I do. Nobody else? You guys are awesome. Wow. <laughs> I remember that feeling. I remember that feeling of, of being rejected by my family, being rejected by society. Maybe, maybe you're rejected because of how you look. Maybe you're rejected because of how you treated others. Maybe you're rejected because you denied God at one point. Maybe you're rejected because you're an addict. Maybe you're an outcast because of that. But now God has cleansed you of those things. No doubt he felt the sting of society as they looked down their nose at him, just like we do sometimes. Remember for a minute, just for a minute, what God has brought you from. Where has God brought you from? Where would you not be? Where would you be if it wasn't for Jesus? I remember walking into this church broken, desperate, expecting it to be like every other church that would look down on me and that would judge me. I was good at hiding a lot of things. I was good at hiding and putting up a good front, but deep down I was miserable. And I was ashamed of my past. And I was scared of what God and what others would say, think about me if they knew everything about me. But I came in through those doors, and I remember there was no carpet. It was all wood, old pews. I came in through that door, and I was met with love. First time I'd ever experienced that. I was met with people excited to be here, people that were fellowshipping with one another. I didn't understand that. I'd never seen that, really. And then an amazing thing happened. The Word of God was actually read. And for the first time, I didn't hear somebody's opinion. For the first time, I heard how God loved me. Just as I was sitting there, I heard how God loved me and that He wants a relationship with me. And that's why I'm so grateful to God that He brought me to this church, that He kept putting Chris in front of me, like I said a few weeks ago, that I would have somebody to go to when I was speaking and searching. And that's our goal here at this church, is to bring those people, bring those people who think they're far off, who think there's no hope, that we bring those people and we bring them to the feet of Jesus where they can be healed. That's our goal as a church here, that we want to introduce people who think they're an outcast. We want to introduce people who think there's no hope. We want to introduce them to the chain breaker. We want to introduce them to the life changer. That's Jesus. That's our goal. 
And that's what we should be here for. That's what we want to do. And now again, I'm just going to pause for a second here. And I just want you to think and remember, where has God brought you from? Think about that. Isn't God good? Isn't He good? Shouldn't that drive us to gratefulness? Shouldn't that drive us in our heart with gratitude? Just the fact of where He brought us from. If He never gives us another thing from where He brought us from, to get our heart full of gratitude. Because we no longer have that path now. God has taken that path and He's wiped it clean. 2 Corinthians 5 says this, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is what? A new creation. Your old things, that old person has passed away, and behold, all things have become new. That is what Jesus has done for you. That is what God has done for us. All the past gone and only future ahead. Amen. That is something to be grateful for. And the next thing I want to look at here as it pertains to growing in gratitude is, is that we have to recognize that all good things come from God. Sometimes, so many times, and there's a hard truth here that I'm going to let you know. You are owed nothing in this life. God owes you nothing. But so many times we are consumed with thinking that we're owed everything. I've heard so many uh, people talk and they'll be like, well, what do I have to thank God for, right? I worked every day for this. I worked hard for this every day. What do I have to thank God for that? Yeah, you did, but who gave you the help to go to work every day? Yeah, you did, but who, who supplied a ride so that you could get to work every day? Yeah, you did, but who prospered that company so you would have a job every day? All those things that you have no control over. You can do. You can be an awesome worker. You can do a great job. But there's something you don't have control over, and you're owed nothing in this life. Who gave you the help every day? I was talking to one person, and uh, they were talking about all the success they had, and all how how they built this company and raised this company up, and how it was just so awesome. And I, I told them, I said, I, "That's awesome, but I truly believe, and no one can convince me of different than I truly believe sometimes all these companies succeed, not because of how great their CEO is, but because of that little old lady that is out there on the shop floor, working every day, praying to God to meet her needs. That company is successful so he can take care of that little faithful old lady, not because of some great CEO. Some grateful little old lady that's working every day, being grateful for what God has given her. God is taking care of her through that success. I want to pause here, and I just want you guys to take a second again and think about all the good things in your life. I know there's some bad, but I want you to think about all the good things in your life right now. Your family. Your home. Your health. That vacation you're about to go on. The fact that there's food in your fridge. Every day when you go there, there's food in your fridge. You know that just by living here, you're wealthier than over 90% of the rest of the world? That's insane. I saw something on Facebook and it said, What if you wake up tomorrow? What if you wake up tomorrow morning 
and you only have what you're grateful to God for. You only have what you want to thank God for. What if you woke up the next day with that? What would you have? So many of us, we think we own the world, don't we? We think that we got the world by its ears. And we think that it's all because of us and all because of what we're doing. Not realizing that it could all be gone in an instant. One snap of the finger, it could all be gone. You're promised nothing in this world. If you're being blessed, you need to be grateful for it. October 24, 1929. Millionaires woke up that day not knowing they would be broke by the end of the day. They would be worth nothing by the end of the day. Millionaires. Went from millionaires to worth nothing in one day. So many suicides. People jumping out of buildings because they had put all their faith in money. All their faith in those things instead of realizing that it was all a blessing from God. And sometimes God gives and sometimes God takes away. But he's always worthy to be praised. And, and if he takes away, sometimes he's going to be given again. But so many people, that's all that they were consumed with money and their status. I want to read something here by... Uh, it was reportedly written by Steve Jobs, or some people say it wasn't. Some, some say it's about him. Um, but anyway, really, it, it has a great meaning. It says, I read the pinnacle of success in the business world. In some others' eyes, my life is the epitome of success. However, aside from work, I have little joy. In the end, my wealth is only a fact of life that I am accustomed to. At this moment, lying on my bed and recalling my life, I realize that all the recognition and all the wealth that I took so much pride in have paled and became meaningless in the face of death. You can employ someone to drive your car. You can employ someone to make money for you, but you cannot have someone bear your sickness for you. Material things lost can be found or replaced, but there is one thing that can never be found when it's lost. Life. Whichever stage of life you're in right now, with, with time, you will all face the day when the curtain comes down. Treasure your family. Love your spouse. Love your son. Treat yourself well and cherish others. As we go older and hopefully wiser, we'll realize that a $3,000 or a $30 watch both tell the same time. This man who seemed to have it all, when it come down to it, he said, I would give it all. I would give it all if I just had my health. Something that I took for granted all my life. Now I would be so grateful. All I have was my health. Your health, your family, all those awesome things. Shouldn't that drive us to have a heart of gratitude for what God has blessed us with? Shouldn't we be grounded in gratitude for all that God has done for us? There's people that never woke up today that went to bed last night not knowing it was a the fact that we have another day, shouldn't that drive us to gratitude? Every good thing in your life, you didn't deserve any of it. Every good thing that we have comes from God. James 1 says this, Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, 
and comes down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. We've got a lot to be thankful for, don't we? Even if you didn't realize it when you come in here today, you have a lot to be thankful for. And next I want to look at the result. I want to look at this result of this one leper, remembering where Jesus had brought him from and remembering that Jesus was the giver of all good things. Luke 17 says this, Now one of them, when he saw that he had been healed, turned back, glorifying God with a loud voice, and he fell on his face at his feet, giving thanks to him, and he was a Samaritan. Well, I'd say this man was grateful, wouldn't you? This man was grateful for what he had. And not just that he was grateful. Look at this expression of gratitude that he had. This is just an awesome expression of gratitude. See, he's healed, and he runs back, and he falls on his face at the feet of Jesus. And it says he's glorifying God with a loud voice. And that loud voice in, in the Greek, it means loud in its wildest form. This man is praising God. This man has a heart of gratitude because gratitude will drive you to action. This man has a heart of gratitude. He's not scared about what sister so-and-so or brother so-and-so think about how he's worshiping his Lord. He is there on his face worshiping his Savior out of gratitude because he understands where he's been. He understands what God has brought him from and he understands that it's by Jesus that it happens. That's how we get grounded in gratitude. When's the last time that we've been there, church? When's the last time we can honestly say, I've, I've been there. I've been that grateful to God. See, it's easy to say, oh yeah, I'm so thankful and I'll keep the voice of him. When's the last time you fell on your face at the feet of your Savior, grateful for what you have. Because it could all be gone in an instant. Ask yourself, have I been there? Have I ever been there? For how long has it been since I've been there? See, this man recognized something. He recognized what it, where he'd been. He recognized who it was that brought him to me. And his gratitude drove him to action. That action of falling down on his face and worshiping his Savior, Jesus. See, thankfulness is what should drive every action that we have. It should drive our relationship with God. That's the biggest motivator that we have to serve God is gratitude. Colossians 3 says this, And whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus. Doing what? Giving thanks to God. Giving thanks to God, the Father, through Him. Every aspect of our lives should be driven out of gratitude and in an act of worship to God. When you're interacting with people, treat people remembering where Jesus has rescued you from. Before you get into that argument, remember where Jesus has brought you from. Before you look down your nose at somebody, remember where Jesus has brought you from. And let that gratitude drive how you treat other people. When you're giving your offering, remember 
all the good things that God has given to you. And that it's only by God that we have it. Remember that He owns it all. And when we give, we're only giving back a portion of what He's blessed us with. We're not giving Him something. We're not giving Him something that's not already His. He owns it all. When we give our offering, let us give out of that heart of gratitude, being grounded for where, knowing where we've been and knowing He brought us from it, and knowing He gives us every good gift. When we worship, let, it, let us do it unashamed of what others may think. Worship unashamed. Worship your Savior unashamed of what others may say or think. When we witness to people, witness with a heart of gratitude, knowing where you've been, knowing what Jesus has done for you, not, oh, you can stand Let me tell you about a man. Let me tell you about Jesus. Let me tell you about a person who took me from this miserable lost person and brought me here. Let me tell you about a person who, who blessed my life so richly. That's how we should be witnessing to people. That's how we should be asking the people. And when we can get there with a heart of gratitude, when we can get to that, and when we, can, when we remain grounded in that gratitude, that's when we can be effective to God. Psalm 34 says this, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make it boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear of it and be glad. And I want you to look at that. Oh, what? Magnify the Lord with me. Magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. That's what we're asking you to come on this journey for. And we, we're doing this campaign it's because we want to magnify the name of God. That magnify, it has really two meanings. It could be like means putting under a microscope to make a small thing seem big, right? We look, we look at things under a microscope to see those minute things and make them appear to us and make them seem bigger than what they are. That's not what we're asking you to do with God. What we're asking you to do with God is to magnify Him like a telescope, to make thing, something that is large really seem the size that it is. When you look at the moon, it doesn't seem that big when you just stare at it. But if you get a telescope and you look at that, it's huge. That's what we're asking you to partner with us and to come in that with us for. And this campaign is so that we can magnify God to this community, to this world. That we can show that there is a God who is as big as He seems in our life. We don't have to make any excuses for God because He's as big as what He seems. He's bigger than we can all imagine. Let us magnify God together. Come and join with us in this campaign. That's what we want to do. That's what we truly believe that God is calling us to. And that's what we want to do with our lives individually. That's what we want to do as a church. And that's what we want to do in this community is to be someone who brings those people to the feet of Jesus. And that's what this campaign is, is all about. To make a way that we can better serve this community, we can better serve the gospel of Jesus around the world. Let's go ahead and we're going to close with this.
Father God, we thank you so much today, Lord, and God, what a reminder, what a reminder, Lord, that we have so much to be grateful for. God, let us get up every day remembering every good gift is from you. God, let us get up every day remembering where you brought us from. Remembering the times of desperation and despair, God, that, that you rescued us from. And God, let that, let that gratitude sink into our heart, God, and let us express it in action and how we treat others and how we give back to you. And Lord, we give you all the praise and all the glory for it. We don't have much to offer, Lord, but we offer our praise to you this morning. And God, we pray that as we go about our week, that our hearts will be grounded in gratitude in every situation, Lord, that we would always remember what you've done for us and that you are the giver of all.